This is Techonomist by Benjamin Johnson, a place of technology news as well as thoughtful opinion and analysis about how tech companies and the products they build are changing the way we live. You can subscribe to my weekly email at techonomist.email or you can follow along right here on your favourite podcast app. Invisible Giants, the age of the API economy. How Google Maps, AWS, and Twilio are making the Uber experience possible. October 19, 2020. We had another big tech acquisition this week, with Twilio announcing their purchasing segment for $3.2 billion. This got me thinking about where the software industry is going and the value of companies which are, in effect, invisible to the end user. Both Twilio and Segment are API products, which are in themselves not used by consumers or businesses, but rather by software developers. Twilio is a communications platform used by the world's most popular tech companies like Netflix, Spotify, and Airbnb. When Netflix sends you an alert to let you know a new episode of Stranger Things is available, that alert is being powered by Twilio. When you communicate with your Airbnb host, in the app and without exchanging real phone numbers, that is again Twilio. It allows applications to tap into core communication utilities, such as phone calls, SMS, notifications, and much more. Segment, meanwhile, is another API product, focused on taking the huge amounts of customer data internet companies capture and organizing it in useful ways. They will help companies follow a user across several platforms, from seeing a Facebook ad to visiting a website, dropping off and then re-engaging over email, and using that insight to tailor marketing for that customer. Big data is useless unless it's organized and actionable. That's what Segment solves for. Unlike the companies they serve, neither of these businesses have a brand that we would recognize. And yet, they are amongst some of the most valuable businesses in the world. Twilio has a market cap of $48 billion at the time of writing this. That's more than the value of Twitter, Lyft, and Box combined, who are also three of their notable customers. Twilio is an example of the new category of internet utility companies, and they are profoundly important to the growth and usefulness of the web. In an interview with analyst Ben Thompson, Twilio CEO Jeff Lawson talks about the three eras of the software industry, enterprise software, companies like SAP and Oracle, then SaaS software, businesses like Salesforce and Workday, and then API software, think Stripe and Twilio. In enterprise software, you have long sales cycles requiring upfront engagement with C-suite stakeholders, years of implementation, and ongoing maintenance of on-premise systems, such as servers. In SaaS, you have self-service discovery and purchase from line managers, the systems hosted on the cloud, And then with API software, it's really try before you buy. The software developers accessing documentation and SDKs, building working prototypes before anyone needs to get out their credit card. Lawson's representation is a great way to show how the internet has changed, but it's not strictly chronological. There's most certainly been a market shift of enterprise to SaaS software, demonstrated by Salesforce winning the CRM market previously owned by SAP and Oracle leveraging cheaper data centers and faster internet speeds globally. These SaaS products will continue to lead the way as products that customers, think businesses and consumers, 
engage with directly, such as CRM, email, document management, and accounting. But in parallel to that are API companies, coming in slightly later than SaaS, but complementing that category by providing connected backend services such as banking, identity, mapping, databases, and communication services to those SaaS products, as well as providing general plumbing between them. I can't think of a successful SaaS product that doesn't already have APIs to allow data to move to and from other solutions. But what are the categories that are, or will be, strictly API companies and products? And what are the companies winning that space? A monumental one is banking, and the core services you look to banks to provide, such as payments and lending. As banking has become a commodity, it has created a race to the bottom with free current accounts, free consumer payments, and compressed margins between deposit and borrowing interest rates. There's been a general concern from banks about becoming a utility and losing brand recognition with customers. But many new banks are embracing the utility tag, building API solutions for brands to embed financial services into their own experiences. This new category is called Banking as a Service, or BAS. If you have the new Apple credit card in the United States, you enjoy the fact that it's Apple's beautiful product design and user experience. But it's not Apple providing the credit line, it's Goldman Sachs. Hidden in the background, making credit decisions and providing the payment infrastructure is Goldman, along with MasterCard. Apple's not interested in building that stuff. In payments, there is no better example of an API-first company than Stripe. Famous for building a product that could be used with only seven lines of code, Stripe changed the model for the industry, selling directly to developers, not CIOs. When you buy a pair of trainers on ASOS, book a restaurant on OpenTable, or order a pizza on Deliveroo, your credit card details are being entered into those products using Stripe. The consumer isn't interested in who Stripe is, and yet they're a $36 billion company. Others winning this space like Adyen and GoCardless are also API products first and foremost. Plaid, TrueLayer, and Tink are other financial service companies that are solely used by developers. If you want to see your bank balance in your financial planning app, or pay for a flight using your bank account instead of your credit card, then that's what these companies enable. Plaid started only seven years ago and was bought by Visa this year for over $5 billion. Again, there is every chance he had never heard of Plaid until that news broke. Identity is an amazing new category also. Neobanks like Revolut and Monzo are lauded for the ease in which you can open up an account. Download the app from the App Store, sign up by taking a photo of your passport and recording a short selfie video to verify it's you. And in many cases, you're verified nearly instantly. Little does the customer know their details are being handled by companies like Onfido or Jumio. The reason they don't know is you never leave the banking app. It's all within the experience powered by an API. Amazon AWS, Google Cloud, and Microsoft Azure are original examples of the API economy. A software developer in Iceland can build a product and store all of their information in a data center in the state of Virginia and simply pay rent on what they use while accessing that information in real time over APIs. Jason Jung, a product marketer at Okta, wrote about how Uber uses API products to enable customers to order, track, and pay for a ride in 2019. And I quote, to achieve this logistical feat, Uber relies on service specialists to power many of the key elements of their mobile application. For example, 
Uber uses Amazon Web Services for their infrastructure to be able to continuously operate without disruptions. For their mapping technology, Uber utilizes Google Maps to help riders and drivers find each other. Their messaging stack is provided by Twilio, ensuring you get that notification right when your driver arrives. With SendGrid APIs, Uber can send out emails and receipts for passengers with an email service. It's hard to put a total value on the API economy, but with 4.6 billion people being online and 3.5 billion owning a smartphone, the world is connected now. And while brands such as Netflix, Uber, and Airbnb will continue to get the attention from most of us, a lot of what we love about those products is really enabled by the invisible giants in the background.